are listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about finding fun in your marriage for all types. I'm especially pumped up for this episode because we're at Halloween week, and it's one of my favorite holidays, obviously, for bringing light to the darkness. That is literally what I love about Halloween because I grew up in the Christian world where we kind of ignored or went around the topic or did our we're going to have spirit night. And I love when churches do that when they say, let's have some fun, even if we're going to bring light to the darkness. I've always gone trick or treating too, both as a child and growing up. But what my husband and I really try to do is we try to really make this week especially fun. And we were actually going to do a non-scary haunted house in our garage this week last year, but we didn't know COVID would hit. So of course, we're not going to do that just because we don't want a bunch of crowds milling around. So what we are going to still do is we're still going to have our trick or tree. We always do our tree up and hang bags for the kids and we will make sure to still do that so they can grab a bag and move on and just have fun. And we're the first house in the neighborhood. So everybody looks forward to that in our home. And I'm assuming in the neighborhood because all the bags are gone. And you can imagine we sevens don't stick around to find out. We're like this. This is a fun tree. Clearly, it's hilarious and wonderful to have a tree instead of just the standard. But bye. (laughs) So my husband likes that too. But as a one, he always puts out a message on the blackboard like God loves you type of thing. And I'm always fairly mortified because I have that five part of me that's like, we're going to get egged. Like I would have egged us as a teenager. But then I'm like, you know what? Like, okay, let's shine our light and let's be obvious. And so we hold each other in tension and my kids and I are just like walk of shame as we walk away. But then it's like, honestly, he brings so much connection in our neighborhood. So it's a good balance, right guys? We love others. We all do it in our own ways. Not sure if this week you're thinking, I don't want to celebrate Halloween because I feel like it's too dark and pagan. Or if you're like, you know what? I think of it as All Saints time where we celebrate that we have life after death or whether you're just like, you know what, I'm going to be Freddy Krueger and I think it's no biggie. So no judgment on you, however you celebrate. But this week, I want to make sure we have some fun on our show. And the reason for that is because we have had quite an October of talking about all of the deepest, hardest stuff. And I know that this world is far more depressed and anxious. And next week, we're going to be even more in the throes of things. If you're listening week by week, you know, that we're coming up to a huge political week. So I want to make sure that before we get to that week's episode, that we are truly trying to embrace the fun and levity that marriage is by necessity supposed to bring us after the long, hard, grueling days. And of course, you know, sometimes I'm doing work with clients who've had trauma or teaching chemistry, and there's only so much fun you can bring into those things. You really can't try to turn that into fun because you have to learn, you have to grow, you have to put yourself through a a discipline in order to yield good fruit harvest, whether it's working through trauma so that you can have lightness and not be as anxious or depressed, or whether it's studying for a test and having to put in those hours of brutal just tasks of memorization. So we're all doing that. And I want to hold that intention with you with this episode. So you know, it's not all fun, but we're having such a big time of the opposite. So let's put this right in here so that you can come back to this episode if you need a day of just 
let's go back to the basics. Let's go have fun together. And I think a bit, I almost titled this episode, Finding Fun in Your Marriage Again. But then I realized a lot of you have never found fun in your marriage. And that's okay, because we're going to find it together. And we've talked on here about how some are not as smiley, but others of you would really love to laugh. So I think that that's important as long as, like we said, we're not taking it out of context or laughing when we really shouldn't be. Because There are some times in life when we shouldn't be, but this is a time we can. We can say the end of the long, hard days. Let's laugh together. So I want to remind you guys that in marriage, there's a few standards for everybody about having fun. And then there's some very specifics. So the few standards we're going to go over first, and then the specifics we're going to take type by type. So we have a little bit for everybody, but for all of us, I want you guys to think about a fun time you had in your marriage. Maybe you were very young at the time and now you're feeling more bogged down by jobs or kids or studies. But either way, I want you to think back on a fun time with your spouse. And ask yourself, and tonight sit with your spouse and say, let's think of one or two fun things we did together as a couple. And just doing this, I'm taking this out of the laughter in your marriage chapter of my Relate program that I go through with a lot of couples because it's really something that when we finally get to say, let's start spending our time together again, if we're not having fun at all doing that time together, it's completely pointless. It's like, well, why are we together if all we do is bicker and complain? We we might as well go through our coupon conversations again and talk about who got the mail and what bills were paid because we're doing that the other 115 hours of a week. So why when you've heard me on other podcasts, Krista says, take about 10 hours out of a week together for fun. If we're not having any fun, what's the point of that? I'd rather just use it productively. And I myself can fall into this too. So that's why I'm trying to ask you to reach back for a moment and see what were some of the fun things that you did so that you can potentially bring that back. And I think that's really, really important to start there because that could be something right off the bat that you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot that we used to always play tennis and we could be doing that again. Or we actually used to really love doing video game competitions together. Why aren't we doing that again? So we're going to start you there. And before we hit any other tips, I'm going to say I'm bringing a little bit of fun to this because I, as you probably have seen on my Instagram, have been running a fun contest for you guys in your marriage. Marriages. And now I have another one starting tomorrow with other marriage sites for a gift card. So I'm doing a double contest. And then this weekend for Halloween, I'm going to be asking for pictures of your costumes if you're doing trick or treating with your kids or each other. And so we have lots of fun little contests coming your way here and already up here. So make sure you check out the Instagram and make sure you leave a review at Apple Podcast if you like or get something out of this podcast. That really helps others to be able to find the show. So yeah, that's where I want to start you guys. The next thing I want to ask you guys to do is sit with whether you're sarcastic or funny. And a lot of people will tell me their spouse is very witty and not necessarily super funny in a jokester kind of a way, or they might, of course, say dad jokes and stuff. So I think that's really something that you have to decide for yourselves. I'm not going to stop you guys if you're being sarcastic or you're just like, that's our nature and we literally love it. Like I was in this household of a three, a nine, and a six not long ago. And oh my gosh, the wit was just 
hilarious, unparalleled. I was like, I don't want to leave. I just want to be a fly in the wall here. You guys are so funny. And of course, they even had Lord of the Rings references. And I was like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> and so, and that was good because I do not usually like to go anywhere. So I'm like, oh, I found my people. But as far as like just the wit, it's great if that's kindness. And these guys were not being mean because everybody in the family understood that it was a dry wit and it was totally loving. There was no hint of anger. But sometimes the sarcasm can be very angry in the undertone. So this, I would do want you to watch for in your marriages. Yeah, think back on the fun things, but secondly, watch for any undertones of anger in your humor because spouses pick up on it and it's like somebody makes a joke about somebody's weight, somebody makes a joke about somebody's hairline and it's not funny. And I do want you to read nonverbals. That's why I'm grateful for my communications training because I got so much more from communications than I did from psychology training in terms of this. And even as I go through the classes with my daughters, I'm like, yeah, even a four-year degree in psychology really almost never addresses anything but the science in the brain. And it just doesn't get to that level of what really matters in a relationship. And that is you guys finding the undertones of the connection and the intimacy and the vulnerability. And believe it or not, your laughter can actually make or break this area. Because yes, some people like ones like their self-deprecating humor and fives and sixes and nines love their wit, etc. and threes. But this is different than saying, yeah, I undercut people, I jab, I control with my humor. So I want you to look at yourself and ask yourself, am I doing that in my marriage? I mean, making a joke about the diaper is the one I give in the book. Like, okay, like, yeah, our kid's diaper is loaded. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to just say add on a diary of a wimpy kid right there because the older brother's band was called Loaded Diaper and Loaded was spelled wrong. So it was funny in that way. But to joke about that and say like, our kids has a loaded diaper, just like that band. Haha, that's funny. That's not like hilarious, but it's just a moment of a quick smile while you're changing a nasty diaper. Um, That's okay. But when you're like, our kid has a loaded diaper and you don't change it and I do it all the time. It's like, what we're getting to here is a conversation for another time. It's going to be a vulnerable conversation. It's not going to be, I hope that you're just going to leave it there. If you notice that starting to come out, this is your cue to say to yourself, I need to talk to them because I'm getting angry. And we've all done this before, but your kids pick up on it and it's just unattractive. Your mate picks up on it, you pick up on it. And now all of a sudden your good mood is like turning. So I want you to watch for this kind of passive aggressive sarcasm, especially those who already struggle with that, like twos and nines. And I mean, all of us, I can do that too as a seven. So you have to watch for it and monitor it and then say to yourself, if I'm headed in this direction, we need a conversation. But try not to make that part of your humor and ask your spouse, what are they hurt by? Because you guys, this marriage is the only one you need to pay attention to. You don't need to say, uh, Emma would never be hurt by Steve if he did this. You would say, you know what? I'm hurt and I'm sensitive and that's a trigger word. A lot of the times lately, my clients and I have been talking about trigger words for us and how hard they are on a person because we don't really think of it when we say it and we're like, I can't believe it. And we rise up in defensiveness and shame when our partner says, you are so mean. But what I want you to think of it. So do understand if your spouse says this is a trigger for me or if they just say you're bad definitely defend yourself if they say you're bad. 
but then say, I do understand it's a trigger for you. And I do want to make sure you know, I'm not bad. (laughs) So that's something we really worked hard on this week on Instagram and our community. When we said, here's what I'm letting go of. And some of you said, I'm letting go of my spouse saying I'm bad just because I might be wrong. So that's super important. Okay. So in addition to not really having the negative kind of sarcasm and trying to recall what was funny or fun, I want you to think of some new things that you would like to do that are funny or fun. And I'm going to give you a list because I want to make sure that you just kind of that you walk away from this podcast with two or three things that you can try and try not to feel like you're going to get them all because that's just not realistic and none of us do that. Even I don't do that and I'm a seven and people stereotype, oh, you do this. You guys are probably like not with you. We do not do this, but because <laughs> I do all these serious shows, but um, some people still don't get it that the grass is not greener on the other side and everybody has to work really hard for stuff. So Jerry Seinfeld, think about him or Jim Gaffigan, other comedians that you like, they say, I have to take time. I have to carry a notebook around to get ideas. And this is what we can do for our spouses. If we're like, I'm no fun, then say to yourself, how can I be more fun? So like I said, I'm going to give you some ways, write them down, put them into your phone, whatever it's going to take to get you there. And you know what? Put the phone in another room if you're like, I want to, but I just, I'm so addicted to my phone because I did watch The Social Dilemma this week and it did blow my mind on how we can really go crazy with our dopamine in our phones. So putting it in another room works for me. And that's what I want to recommend to you if you're like, I can't seem to bring fun in because I'm so stuck. Okay. So here's a few things that you can do. And keep in mind with seasons of marriage that there are different seasons where different things are going to work. Like the things that I would do at the beginning of my marriage, I would never do now. And I'll talk a little bit more about that when I talk about sevens, but it's different now. So here's a few things that you could do. Play some board or video games, but crank up the volume by betting something silly at home, such as loser has to massage winner's feet or something sensual like loser gives the other a massage anywhere they ask. Play an old familiar card game, but with speed rounds so that you guys are just totally having fun. Like we like to play spoons in our family, but we have some competitive people who have like some nine and six threads. So those can be a little tougher to play with because you're like, don't knock me over because I know you really want to win. So do something fun with cards. Um, You could send your spouse a silly note from a secret admirer that's obviously in your handwriting or from your email address. We like to do fun things like this. And I've seen this in movies too, where you see somebody meet each other at a bar. Um, Now that could be really funny with masks or Halloween costumes, but where you're like, hey, and it's really you and they know it the whole time. But it's just a fun way to spice it up and make a memory together. And I don't know about you, but I'm married to somebody who gets so stressed and uptight as a one and totally admits that. And I feel that one of the most important things you can do when you're married to somebody who gets really stressed a lot is to keep it light. And that's actually the right thing to do according to everybody who says this is how to work with ones, not when they're in work. But I'm not going to just say that about ones. I want you to know that for anybody, when you're feeling like you just got off a hard work week and now you're trying to say, let's bring some fun into our marriage, or maybe we finally got a babysitter and we only have an hour or something, or our kids are to bed and we're tired, start it up by getting it silly 
a little bit right away. If your spouse is a very serious person, gauge it. Don't try to run in with a joke. I have to gauge it too, but gauge it. Use the nonverbal cues from the past to know what would feel too much. Like if you have a six, don't just run in and surprise them, but try to find something that would be hilarious as soon as you enter the room. And you probably saw or watched or listened to the four second start and stop behaviors episode. So make sure you guys do that where you're really like, okay, what could I do in the first few seconds to make it fun? And it could be something as light as acting like a different voice on the phone. I do that a lot to my husband. Some of these voices are difficult here as a one. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So I have to reach for voices that he would be able to handle with his stress level. And so I have to gauge it. And, And let's put it this way. If you're feeling sorry for him or me, I understand nobody wants Jim Carrey in their ear all the time. If you're in that mood, it's like, uh, you know, so I get it, but I'm trying to always learn what would be the best. And that's what I want you to do because we love our people and they're going to be much more relaxed if we can find those little start behaviors. So he does love when I do that. It just disarms him right away as long as it's not like grating. He wouldn't like it if I was like, "Mm, mm, mm, I'm going to chew in your ear. I mean, you guys probably just cringed hearing that right now. But that for me, that'd be funny. So um, I think that'd be hilarious if he called me and he was like making all these lip smacking noises. I would be so grossed out, but think it was the funniest thing. So find things like that together and find the ones that will not drive you crazy or create that ASMR like, oh, I hate or I love the sound of ice clinking or laughter. None of you hate laughter, but you know what I mean? There's just different times when you're like, even laughter can be overwhelming because I'm so stressed. So don't try to take too much offense when your spouse is gauging with you on what's funny. Uh, Wes likes to send me funny memes. He thinks that's hilarious and he and his friends do that sometimes. And so I really like that. I see that as his way of making a joke with me and my nine likes that too. So we have a family text where I forget sometimes to do that with them. And I just write more like something encouraging or loving, but I'm not very funny on text. And so they bring me to that lighter place on a text. And I can be very just in that one mode of like, okay, are you going to pick up the kids? So I watch myself. And last week I watched myself do that. And I looked at my text to my husband. I was like, this is really mean. Like I don't mean to be, but it's like, I haven't talked to you all day and I'm not being fun at all. I'm just like, pick up the kids. You know, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it like that. That's not who I am, but it was just very basic. Like, don't forget this, you know? And I'm like, I haven't talked to you in like eight hours. So I added something kind on and what happened was when I got home, I think work that night or came downstairs from zoom and we met in the kitchen, I saw that there were flowers on the table. And I don't know if my daughters are so wonderful were involved in that or not with my husband. I didn't want to know. All I knew is that he bought me flowers and that I had made this effort too to send a really sweet text and that that had made a difference in our day that had brought light and beauty to our day. So I embraced it and I didn't go investigating as much as I did want to. I was like, don't even like just enjoy it. Like your husband bought you flowers and don't think on whether they were from him. You're probably laughing like, wow, this woman is neurotic. But, you know, these are the thoughts that go through my mind is, am I still loved after we're going to be 20 years married this year and 25 together? And even if he tells me many times in a week, sometimes you still have these little 
wonderments or moments. And sometimes when we hit each other the wrong way with humor, we're not sure. And we just, this is humanity. This is vulnerability. So making your fun together a thing and not overanalyzing it and not trying to be sensitive with it goes a long way. So one more fun tip that I'll give you guys that I use when I'm feeling like things are getting boring is I give Wes a blindfolded food taste test to see if he can tell the difference between different sodas or chocolates, you know, the Pepsi challenge of the 80s. I try to really make sure that he is cared for in terms of interest because I know that we could, like I said, go back to the coupon conversations at any time. And I'm like, we have so many of those. We have to have something else. And that's part of my personality anyway, but it's fun. And some of you are like, I would never want to do a taste test challenge, or I don't want to do funny voices or memes. I don't want to send a silly note. You guys might be like, you know what? We're just going to bring happy vibes by exercising together or walking together because that too brings positive brain function or tell something positive about your day and you guys are smiling now and you're content. And I had to learn this as I've been working on the Glow Project with Elena Pampa, who we are so excited. We're like literally toward the end now and I'm like, I have 10 more work days on it. So that is exciting for me. But but I was talking to her once and I was like, well, this couple name is boring. And we were passing them through our various different personality types to see. And we realized like, as two sevens, like this is actually not boring for some people. It's contentment and it's really happy for them to see a word that describes them that's content. And I want you to know I get that and I have had to learn that, that Wes and I both have a relationship to seven. So we like things. And now he's more zany than me a lot of the time. And like I said, when I was really young, like 20, I would be like, oh, I'm all for total zaniness. But now I am like, oh my gosh, what, you know, we're dressing for Halloween. Like what? Let's let the our kids just do that. But he's like, let's have fun. And so I think that it's okay to say, I'm going to let my spouse challenge me sometimes and think outside of the box. Or I maybe I would rather just have fun by going exercising and they want to do one of these funny things. You know, try to vary it up. Try to let them lead you sometimes. And then you try to let yourself lead them sometimes. So that's a good way that we've been able to do that. And as you know, we do our mystery dinner games. So actually, that is something I'll bring later into the show. But that's something we both agree on. And this year for my staff, uh, we always have a fun time together as a group for the holidays at Reflections Counseling and Coaching. And one year we did the painting with a twist together. And now with it's going to be our pod party. Another year we did Christmas games and my staff needs that and they want that. And sometimes I think as a seven of the group, I'm the only seven in the group that I'm like, my staff won't want a game because they want to talk about something we can pray for. We haven't connected. We haven't fellowshipped. We need to get through a few business lines or just hear about each other's families at our quarterly meetings. And I'll never forget it because one of the years I started to take out the fun. And Lori, one of my therapists, who's a trauma therapist, I said, well, I guess we didn't have time for the game yet. And it was getting to be like nine. And I was like, you know, I don't want to push this. I'm a seven. And she's like, it was so cute. She goes, well, what was the game? 
<laughs> and I was like, what? Like, you want to play the game? And she's like, yeah. And it was so cute. And we had such a good time. So this year we're doing Mystery at the Movies, which is our non-murder mystery of our group. Because you solve a mystery together and you get your parts, you get your character, you get to dress up, and then you solve a fake crime together. And in this case, it's a missing person. And we actually have a biblical motif with this one. And it's just all about these starlets and the missing actor ransom pack comes up missing. He's the leading Hollywood star. So it's a lot of fun. There's clues. And we're going to do that for our reflections dinner this year, because I've learned bringing fun into not only marriage, but groups is essential. So I don't want to take it out thinking, oh, not everyone's a seven. It's like what we're learning about Enneagram, I think together on this podcast is we all want to have our moment at our one. We all want to have our moment of love at our two, etc. So we'll move into each of our types in a moment. But because this is a fun episode, you're hearing a little bit more about seven because we can all frankly lose our seven space and I can go right into the four or the nine of my tri-type and not really get there either. So we all need that reminder. But those were a few very specifics that you can do. But especially if you're thinking, gosh, we're not having any fun and I want to try to really make sure that you're not saying anything negative. Give yourself a challenge day where you're not saying anything negative for an entire day. And that would be fantastic. Or if you're absolutely desperate, only if you're desperate, buy a joke or a riddle book. And if you're just spent and you don't have anything left, I totally recommend you watching season three or forward of Parks and Rec. I mean, come on, you're going to crack up. It's going to be hilarious. And you're going to Enneagram them all anyway. Okay. So after this, we're going to, now that we've talked a lot about the things that I want to make sure you're doing in general in your marriage for everybody, I want to make sure that we briefly go through the type by type as well. So if you're a one, you heard me a little bit, tell your spouse when you're feeling like, ooh, I'm just starting to like get triggered by something you're trying to be funny, but it's actually irritating me. Let them know, but let them know without shame so that they're not thinking something's wrong with them and just This is what I want all ones to be able to say. Hey, this is my issue. No big deal. I love you. You're great. Let's make sure that when we're having fun together that we keep this or that in mind because I get triggered. Or you can use, if you want, a little label like I get OCD about this. Um, And I mean, that's fine. However you want to say it, some people would feel offended if you're like, I'm using the word OCD and I'm not OCD. So it's up to you. That can be an OCD trigger right there. So make sure that you're fine with your way of saying things, but do take some ownership one. And then for the rest of you, I alluded to it earlier, make sure you keep it light with your one a lot of the time. Because what I loved learning in the love languages class about ones, I think this was my favorite tip about ones is there's often a detente right before you are entering a war with a one because they have the anger brewing beneath the surface a lot of the time. There's always the opportunity for you to go to war. But if you can actually diffuse and I think of it like smoke in a room, but then you open a window that will help them a lot to keep it light. So whether it's sending a text or whether it's making little jokes like I do, um, it's really important that you don't just let them stew all the time in your marriage, Um, that you don't just talk about tasks. And yes, they need to talk about tasks. They feel really good when they get something done after a long, hard day. So don't do it all day through the day. 
Like don't say, okay, I woke up, I said something bright and cheerful to you. Now it's 9 a.m. and it's time for a morning joke. Now it's 10 a.m. I'm going to text it. Don't. They need to focus in on their work. But what I am saying is after the workday, do it again. And maybe right before bed, bring things light. But find out so that they can tell you, oh no, when we're going to bed and I want to be intimate, there's that would turn me off. There's going to be particulars with your one. So one, own it that it's your particulars. Type two, a lot of the time you're really mushy and gushy and you love your lovey kind of conversations and moments and you do that. Obviously, you hear the way I'm talking about it so much better than me. Um, so I think that's really important that you honor that this is the way you're made, but that you might not always think about being funny. And that is important because people love to be loved, but they also love to joke around and they don't want to just talk about love all day. They want to say, um, okay, this is true. I'm so glad we're feeling this for each other. And maybe you're saying we're best friends or you're giving hugs or you're showing love, but they also want to be able to say, she knows how to laugh. He knows how to laugh. They're not offended when I make a joke. They didn't immediately get triggered emotionally and they were able to almost do some kind of the self-deprecating humor. And the reason I say that to a two is because we know that pride comes before a fall and that's the issue two struggles with. So this is probably the group that most could use a little levity when it comes to just being um, a little less sensitive about joking around and a little less feeling like I, a little less triggered. And that is that comes with hard work and therapy sometimes and self-esteem exercises. So I'm not saying this to the two who's like, I didn't know I was a two. I'm just learning that I two. I'm 20 years old. I'm really personality disordered and I'm doing some deep work. That's going to take a lot longer for you to be able to joke around in any kind of a way like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. This is my personality type at work. This is stuff that twos who have been working on themselves for a while can do with levity and I think that's really healthy and good for a two because you're not saying I have to be in control of all the giving and the power and, you know, I, no, I am imperfect and I know myself and I'm flawed and we can joke about it sometimes. But let's do this work with our twos after they've done some of their own work so that it's not actually getting down deep and becoming that ugly sarcasm. And I'm wanting you to laugh at yourself like that's not good. So you guys might like to do some of the card games and some of the things that are less directly like you know, if you're not ready for that deeper level of humor, then just stick with the fun things like working out together and bringing happy vibes and maybe a gag gift or a dad joke. Just try to keep it light, but make sure you add in fun. That's what I'm saying. Three is you guys love your wit and banter. Self-deprecating humor is probably something that you really don't mind at all because you can dish it out. Oh my gosh, can you guys dish it out? I'm going to be spending time with my three sister this weekend and we're going to have a lot of fun because she's going to be able to dish it out and also take it. So I think that that's a strength for you guys. But when people do say something to you that's true that you need to work on, but they say it in a light way, try to keep it as light as possible so that you don't become a harsh truth teller and just say something like fair enough because you do have to admit sometimes people have your number literally in this case they have your number three and they know this about you and they want you to be able to be a little bit vulnerable so I'm not asking you to be like okay you can read my diary this is really 
my heart of hearts, but I am saying let people in enough to where you can joke about yourself and admit little truths like, yeah, I do this because that makes people feel so safe. And I I talk about that sometimes with threes and eights, and I've had to learn it myself as an aggressive type, where if we go too far, we get angry, and then we can come back around later and laugh at ourselves or kind of empathize with our family about being stuck with us. It really makes them happy to be with you. They're like, no, you're a pleasure to be with, you know, like you don't really bother me that much at all. Like you did have your bad moment. Now we can laugh about that. So I say that a lot to you threes, that sometimes if you're harsh in the moment, come back around and have your laughs about it later because it'll be really even more funny. And then also with threes, with your fun, make sure that you share the wealth with other couples and families, but watch for your charm rubbing off on people in the wrong way because people will see that. I mean, it's very attractive to see that wit and charm. And then you're just like all having so much fun together and people don't realize they get caught in. Somebody like me, who's a seven, I can see it in myself and go, don't get caught in. But somebody who might not be in the therapy or coaching field or the marriage world might just get caught in by a threes charm and say, oh, wow, maybe they really like me in a sexual or romantic way. And you have to watch for that yourself. Unfortunately, other types have to watch for other things with people. Yours is going to be, you're good at starting relationships. Let's make sure you're good at keeping one, that you know how to avert your gaze, that you know how to not give. If you see somebody laughing too hard at your jokes and their spouse looks offended, allow yourself to think in your head, I am the three, I am the champion, but I'm going to retreat now because this is not honoring to their marriage. So that's important that you remember that, that your wit is so infectious, contagious. Use it with good stewardship. Type fours, you guys are hilarious when you do lean in on your three wing or just allow yourself to be a good withdrawing listener and laughing with others when they're super funny. A lot of the time you find your humor in even the sadder movies, you can find little moments and glimpses of hope and you can say, oh, I thought you know, platoon had its great moments and there was this funny line and I have a four in my tri-type. So I often do that with you. And plus I'm just desperate as a seven to find the fun. But I think that that's really something that I've seen a lot of fours do. And others are like, that movie's so sad. How could they think that that was fun at all? And it's like, because they find joy in revealing the light even in the darkest of places. And that's truly where their joy is. So let them watch their movies again and again if it's gonna bring them happiness, even if you're like, how could anyone find happiness here? For our family, our daughter who's a four loves the movie Wonder, as I've mentioned, and she's really happy when she watches it because she loves seeing how the boy who has a different face from his burns is really beloved and brings so much joy and laughter to his mom played by, I believe, Julie Roberts. And the dad is Owen Wilson. And they just do such a good job of saying like, our kid is different. And yet we love our kids so much, maybe even more because of their differences. So the four has this feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm still beloved, even though I'm different. And there's just something relieving and joyful about that. So just be ready for your four to find joy in dark places and don't judge them for it. And make sure that you honor those little places where they can find their joy, because that's so important to them. And try to find it with your four spouse, even if you're like, this is kind of, you know, you're cycling on something again and again. 
then it's okay for the four to enjoy some of that themselves too. But I do want to let you guys know fours can be hilarious. Like I said, they often, because they're students of others and looking to see how they measure up, they can do great impersonations. So I love when my daughter does impersonations. And for Halloween and her dance class this year, she's doing another Napoleon Dynamite costume. And she's going to be, well, last year she was Kip. She was Napoleon Dynamite's big brother with another girl from dance. And this year, I believe she is going to be Pedro. So she's just having fun, like doing this one theme. And it's just really opposite of her typical ballerina style, but it just makes her feel like I can be anybody I want. And that's a really fun thing for this time of year with a four. So I'd love to see when we get to costumes later this week, some of your creative four costumes, if you're doing Halloween or your beautiful makeup and creativity. Okay. So type five, I really want you guys to know that The humor and dark wit of a five is so funny because they mean well and they're very technical in their humor a lot of the time. Some of it comes through moments like watching the newest Star Wars and laughing but anger at how different and the injustice the new movie is to the George Lucas version of these epics or, you know, saying I'm going to torch this on my review that I'm going to leave online because it was so bad, but now it's hilarious how I'm doing it. Or they may say, I love Dungeons and Dragons, or there's just so many. I'm getting very cliche with fives because sometimes it's like easy to say, I do have a lot of fives who are tech people and who are engineers and who like these exact things. But what I'm trying to give you is an archetype of a five who likes to enjoy lots. I mean, some of it is literally exact, but it's like, just as with any type, there's going to be tons of variation. So find out whether it's a Star Trek person or a Lord of the Rings person or whatever their favorite epic fantasy is, try to and they're going to find a lot of their fun. Or maybe it's Settlers of Catan. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, Settlers of Catan. But I think that they're really just trying to find fun in their intelligence because they have gathered so much wisdom and now they want to use it and they want to enjoy using it and sometimes even lording it over you that they have it because there is so much that a five isn't sure about that just to be sure about something is hilarious. Like, yes, I'm sure about this and I can share it and it's fun. And another thing you can have fun with a five is on trivia games because often they have gathered a variety of knowledge from so many different places. And so they can comfortably say, I know enough about this to do pretty well. And I think that was one of my mom and dad's favorite things because my dad would go to five in health and they would often play Jeopardy and Wes was really laughing when we first started dating because that was one of the favorite things to do was come over and watch my parents do Jeopardy together. And he was like, oh my gosh, they know just about every answer between the two of them. And my mom would be, we always had broccoli and cheese almost every night. I still do this tradition with my family. My family literally makes fun of me (laughs) because of the whole broccoli thing, but it's just a weird family tradition of serving broccoli at night. And she'd be off in the kitchen and her like tired mental health buzz. Who was the vice president for Richard Nixon. I mean, that's an easy one if you lived in that era, but you get my point. They would be ready with answers. And they did even, I believe it was Spiro Agnew, they did even name one of their fish after that. (laughs) So it was like, this is the humor that they liked. And this is the humor that some people really like who have high intelligence. And I thought it was torture growing up under that. And I'm probably, I would like to think, 
turning into it a little bit as I get dorkier, as I get older. But I try to keep that in mind because we should still keep our nonverbals in mind, right? Even fives, they should say, you know, if I'm really going to be esoteric or only understood by a small number of people, then I need to be in that group versus trying to act cool in front of others. And that's really important for a five because people will be like, oh, you're so arrogant. Okay, sixes, which you guys need to remember about your sixes, like I alluded to earlier, do not usually surprise a six. If they have a seven wing, there are moments like you can run a gift over and say, I want to surprise you. I brought you a gift. That is never unwelcome for a six, as long as it's not with a huge pomp and circumstance. Right now during COVID, you're like, okay, hey, like, uh, could you have told me? Could you have worn a mask? Like, be careful of trying to surprise a six at all, but especially if they're not even as comfortable this year. So just watch for your six's comfort level. Watch that if they've just told you that they're allergic to honey, that you don't say, you know what? There's a candy bar I really know you're gonna love. It does have honey in it. And I know that bothers your stomach, but I know you're gonna love it because that's something that, they might feel just so torn with out of their loyalty to you as well as knowing this is an irritant for them. I just want you to be sensitive and they will have fun once they're prepared. They show up with so much fun. So it doesn't take much to make a six go into their joking, witty banter. Talk about their favorite shows is a huge fun thing. Uh, rip on certain characters, you know, just reading People magazine for some sixes where they get to just learn about people and especially if they have, yeah, both wings. The five wing wants to research the seven wing wants to have fun. So you have a lot going on with the six and there's a lot of opportunity for talking about world issues with fun and with class and not with just, okay, we're you know, backing the blue or we're backing the red and we're just so on fire for it that we can't even joke. And so I also want sixes to watch out for disparaging humor, just like I said with fives, where you might not really like another candidacy or but really watch out for bringing something that dehumanizes somebody. So whoever you're making fun of, that you do it with the lightness of I love them as a person and that is really honoring to them. And I think that without realizing it, sometimes sixes cut people off because they can be harsh truth tellers like a three and not realize, hey, you know what? Like I'm not really showing up for God the way I want to when I totally dehumanize somebody. It's totally different though to be able to joke and say there's funny things like, oh, I'm gonna joke. If you're on the one side, you could say that that Joe Biden's never left his basement. Or if you're on the other side, you could say Donald Trump has butter hair. And I mean, I've heard my kids joke on both sides and they're not really feeling like super tribal to either side. So try to figure that out as a six, like how can I joke but not be dehumanizing? And that's really going on with you guys. I'm sure politically, a lot of sixes just want this election to be done so that they can do their troubleshooting on either side. So make sure that you really do have fun with your six and try to keep them light, but listen to them for like 15 or 20 minutes about whatever they're stressed about right now in COVID year and the year of the election so that they can feel good about transitioning with you. Don't try to take a six to their fun place before they're ready to go there and don't try to surprise them. Okay, sevens, I really want you guys to understand. Like I said, depending on the age category of your seven, things can vary. But it's important that with a seven that you do keep things positive a lot because we really have had usually some sort of trauma that has created in us a desire to keep things lighter for ourselves. If somebody wants to tell us about their hard story, we're welcome to it. We can stay in their lane and process with them and empathize and 
it's a very calming experience for a seven actually. So I don't want anyone who is my client listening to think that's not a good thing. We're really calm right then. We're really focused. We go to our five zone. But when it's our stuff, it's different and it's full of whether it be anger for the seven wing eight or the six having more anxiety with it. Keep it light if you're trying to go into a place of, okay, we have to talk about something important and our, we know we're with a seven and they're going to joke a lot. That's because they're trying to ride out their anxiety and they don't want to be part of an addiction. And they're trying to say, I can problem solve with you. So let them problem solve with you and start with something positive end with something positive. But do understand that with a seven, we almost have to do the opposite here is they know how to be fun. They know how to be light. They're going to be really good with all the jokes you want to insert, generally speaking. And they're going to want to make sure that they stay with you in those zones. So what you're going to have to do with this personality is just a bit opposite. Say like we have had our fun and we've had our hard work, but we haven't necessarily always done our problem solving together about keeping our relationship on track. So that's really important for you to make sure that they feel safe. And that's going to happen by you giving compliments and keeping things light and telling each other that you are together committed and that whatever you're going to work out is something that's not part of that at all and that they're loved deeply unconditionally. So I think that that's a really good tip for seven because like I said, they're already going to do all these fun things and that's going to be just a blessing for both of you. I hope that when it's time for a Pepsi challenge or my family did a mustard challenge on me, which was disgusting and really didn't work because I was like, why would you put, I think they put cheese in a mustard jar and then it was like, I'm eating mustard. It was one of those squeeze jars and I'm like, ew, like it was funny, but I was like, ew, like I wouldn't want to do that. Like that looks really gross, but it was just, you know, it was fun and it was expected because we're a silly family. When we talk about Enneagram glow or layering, the glow over our family is that we, a lot of us have a relationship to seven. So we're kind of wild in that way. And we like to joke and play practical jokes on each other. My six wing prevents me from liking to be thrown in the pool or things like that where I feel not centered. But like, you know, pay attention to the wing if they're strong wing like me, but I really enjoy neurotic humor. I like hilarious shows and I like when my family does challenges on each other. Getting dressed up is kind of, like I said, different for me now. <laughs> and so I like it for others. I like to watch others and I like doing the murder mystery dinner train for my community last year when I got to watch others act, you know, I just like that five zone more. But I really do like it too, that my family will challenge me. And I'm sure this weekend, you will see us in costumes. And I will share that on our Instagram too. My family has been so literally taking it seriously about what costumes we're going to wear. So I'm like, okay, That'll be our fun seven moment as a family. And I actually said, I don't care. I will dress in any possible costume. I really do not care whatsoever. Or even if I'm just, I just like the whole idea of not having a holiday where we have to worry and stress. That's one of my favorite things. So it's just a chill time. So eights, I want you guys to know that what's so important with your epic, competitive, fun eights is they're totally able to manage a ton and they like to joke, but they might not find the same things you do funny because they're very nuanced as eights. They've, you know, gotten themselves into a very nuanced personality by now. And it's important that you listen for where their fun cues are. And if they don't get it, they're a logical type 
don't try to say, well, let me show you the humor. Just try to move to a different topic that they do think's funny because they're not going to go there with you. They're going to give you that deer in the headlights look like, yeah, I understand, but I still don't think it's funny. And so you've just hit something with them in their right or wrong and uh, mode of truth telling and, you know, all these eights, nines and ones have this. So if they don't find it funny, move on and find something else that they think is hilarious. And for them, it may be like we said with sixes, there may be some political humor that they think is funny as long as they're not too abrasive with it. It may be like fours that they have a war movie that they find fun and you're like, how could you? But they're like, hey, I'm the eight, I'm the general. And this is a really fun thing for me to do. So remember with eights that fun can look very different, but a lot of eights would love to crack up with you and laugh so hard and let down if they feel safe with you. So try to do the work with your eight so that they do feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, we're kind of going back to that sarcasm, like, have you hurt them about anything? Check in with them. Are they feeling like you're not paying attention to them? Are they feeling like you're not honoring? Going back to the ones, is there something that has maybe because they're in that body triad kind of turned them off in their body? So you have to do a bit of investigative work with your eight. There's a lot of variety here and there's a lot of power here. So you have to get past that to the safe point to find out what they think is funny. And once you do that, you're going to be just having the time of your life. And because they're eights, they're not going to want to stop. They're going to want to ride this out with you even late into the night or whatever. I know um, some eights love to do big sporting events too, or watch games and get really passionate about those things. Okay. So nines, we know that nines encompass all the types, but nines, because they do, sometimes they can check out of all the types. So we want you with us nine. We want you to be not just watching your fun shows by yourself, but I do want you to give your nine that special day a month to themselves that I've given. And I do want you to give your nine a half hour or an hour a day to just watch what they want to watch and do what they want to do because they do spend the time merging. But then nine, I want you to come out and show us who you are and what you love. And my nine daughter used to love this song that would say, stand up, turn around, show me your blue and then sit down. And it'd be all about like, you know, show me what color you're wearing. And, you know, she loved to get up and show us what she was doing and who she was. And she would, I can just still hear her toddler voice singing it. And she now to this day wants to show us what makes her happy too, but she doesn't want all, and your nine is the same way, I'm sure, doesn't want all the pomp and circumstance and attention of it. So if we say, oh my gosh, you made this gourmet meal like she did last night, she made steaks inside of garlic bread and it was with real garlic and delicious steaks. It was a special dinner. And she put cupcakes with Almond Joys for dessert on this big tray. And she had homemade scallop potatoes. And of course, I added broccoli. (laughs) And they were like, Ma, you're so gross. But they just had so much fun with knowing Melody had made such a special meal, but she was like whispering, mom, don't make a big deal of this. Okay. So I have to honor that with my nine and you do too, that gauge it, find out when they want to be seen and show up and that'll make them happy and that'll be fun for them. But also understand they need their private time and they might not want you to make a huge show of things all the time. Even if they do have an eight wing, they still have a beautiful humility about them. Like I just want to be loved. I just want to be part of it. I want to be noticed, but I 
I don't want to be noticed above others. So that is a very important feature when you're having fun with your nine. And then you also know, but I have to say it again, in case your fun is going out to eat with your nine, that you give them some options so that they can pick from some options that they know you like because they merge with you. They're like, I want to do what you find fun, but then they might get angry if they're totally forgotten. So it's just in a long cycle of this. Don't blame them for this, but just do honor them. You're going to have such a happier family when you take this tip. And all these type-by-type tips were so much fun to do. I want to let you know that in addition to our fun contests that we've already had going, make sure that if you want to add fun to your weekend with Halloween or just in the future, we're going to play our game in November, you can go to SupperSleuths.com and I'll put a link up this week in the Instagram too, but you can use the code PODPARTY for $10 off a mystery dinner game for you and your pod to play this year around the holidays. The scripts are already done for you. The recipes are recommended. You get your clues. You get a guaranteed fun night. You can do it via Zoom if you all want to put the script on your phones or your tablets or your laptops and just read right from there. Or you can play in person. So it's a fun game, SupperSleuths.com. And I'm also doing contests this week. So stay close to our Instagram and our email. And I hope you have such a more fun week. This is important. The 10 hours a week is what I want you to pay attention to for having fun in your marriage. It could be shows, but some of it, let's insert some of this fun in. So you're very particular and I love it and I can't wait to hear about it and have a great week, guys. 